We are back, baby. We are back. That's we right. are back. You are looking live. We get after it. You know, we jabber jaw, we go tit for tat, we have our little differences. Let's get funky like a monkey. And here we go. Hello and welcome to the Moose and Runes Podcast. This episode 107 of the pod championship season in both basketball and hockey. We are recording this right around puck drop of Game 5 of the Stanley Cup Finals. We'll get to that in just a bit, but uh, first things first, pleasantries in order. Joe Musso alongside Matt Rooney, as we have been for the prior 106. That's not true. I wasn't here for one of them, right? You did. Yeah, like, there was, uh, I think there's one the where we did a, it was a me and Mark Schanowski interview, I want to say. Yeah, Maybe so. I, we, we've so been, I it's lied. It's been over 100. It's been over yes. 100 together. Yeah, We know yeah, that for well. Sure well into the triple digits, Matt. But uh, we got some positive feedback from episode 106. Uh, a lot of buy or sell. We kind of just segmented the thing. So I think we're going to go a similar route today uh, you know, to I, keep I, the pacing up here. I think during this, not that this is a, we're getting down to the slower time of sports season. Not that obviously we're in final season here for both, yeah, but about, it gives us about one game. About two I, weeks. I, I think this is a nice way to do the, the slower time mm-hmm. of, of the of the the sports season to give us a little bit, you know, difference, a little bit of variety before we get back into our, our wheelhouse of, of the football mm-hmm. discussions, which uh, by my calculations were exactly 13 weeks uh, from Bears kickoff against the Packers, but that's neither here nor there. Joe, I know you're going to get to it here, but we got a couple important leg injuries in the NBA finals, especially now with Clay, you know, missing game three, yep. uh, KD, but there was one other one that I was a little bit concerned about. And I want to know how, how the hamstrings are feeling on you after the basketball game, and if you're going to be able to cover, you know, I you probably ah, haven't gone yeah, that yeah, hard yeah. for a little while in that that media basketball tournament you played it. You got to be burning up a little bit, man. I know you've been working uh, out, but maybe not to that those muscles, the five on five, the pickup basketball exactly muscles. That's exactly it. It was a, it was a, it was a different it was a different set of muscles. Uh, all things considered, I feel fantastic. The only uh, lingering ailment two days out here is just some sore shins. You know, a little okay, pounded yeah. on the. A little pounded on the hardwood, so yeah. I got, got some tight shins. Uh, you get some ice packs that, for those shins? Shelby has yeah, some, see, some ice bags I, waiting for you. I'm going to go home. ice heat, ice heat, and then a yeah. little, little hockey trick here. Coconut oil and a lacrosse ball. That's we're just an old work, hockey trick, yeah. We're just going to work a lacrosse mm-hmm. ball on those on that. Almost think of the forearm of your leg. That's we. That's yeah. really where all the pain is at right now on that on that front calf muscle. So uh, things, all things considered, came out of there in one piece. It was – I believe they were calling it the the Metro Media Metro Media Metro Media what was it Metro Media Showdown you should like know that, this you played in it I know but I was focused on the task at hand went out there balled out filled the stat sheet uh, showed some showed some print reporters uh, some, some old some old mainstays uh, that that a young buck still had some game so I was uh, very very proud of my showing because as you said uh, you know I get shots up maybe once a week like after a workout at mm-hmm. I work out I'll get some shots up but I hadn't caught actual run like playing basketball yeah like an actual pick up basketball game probably some since I'm since I lived in Lincoln like that was yeah. the last time I was in Lincoln it had been a good almost two years ago year and a half ago now so uh yeah different different set of muscles and went out there knocked down a couple shots in front of Quinn Cook he respected the game yeah. so trying to sign a 10 day somewhere really and yeah. it, you know if if you did miss it a little self-promotion here Jump Joe on tweeted Twitter, out his highlight tape a couple times. Jump on Twitter at Moose on Air. Uh, we actually we had an editor um, at work here, chopped it up while I was at the game because they were rolling on the feed, as yeah. you know. Some, TV, somehow, TV some turns way, here. Joe, that was rolling on. We were rolling on that feed at our station. I was that was on one of the, the, the logs 
at yeah. uh, well, well, I forgot what what. I looked at it at one point. On. There were like five thousand people on the on the live stream, so uh, we had some eyes and knocked down a couple deep threes. We're uh, just hoping some, the right eyes saw some nuanced basketball with the left hand. It was it was good stuff. It was good stuff. Yeah, that was uh, that I was think. fun to watch. I'm glad I got to see the highlights. Yeah, oh, and well, if, if you're, you're looking for him, the Moose and Runes account did just retweet. Yeah, you, you've we did. Been, we you've did come, just solid. We gave Joe a retweet. Go check out that jump shot. It's it looks like Steph out there. You've completely changed your tone because I've gotten nothing but negativity from you on this. Oh, I had so hours, I, I was so. don't don't get me wrong. I was going to bring up the tweet that we also sent out that I thought. Oh yeah, it's fantastic content. I thought that was I did a meme, Joe. Now this would. This would be my only knock, and I know I'm not the only one knocking sure. this, but okay. all of the media members were asked to put in their 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 jersey size, and no, I don't want to be swimming in the thing. So said I asked, I asked for a medium. Yeah. but regardless, the That's people a, who that asked looks for like a tight the, medium, the people who asked for largest were like, "This isn't a large." So everyone was rocking a little bit of a stuffed bell pepper look, and mm-hmm. you know, you know me, I'm sneaky thick. Think Julian Edelman, like yeah. like real strong torso. So uh, we we filled the thing out. Needless to say, we filled the thing out. Yeah. Joe, Joe, you were you were a good sport over the last probably twenty four hours <laughs> dealing with my text, dealing with my t- you, Joe. I'll, I'll give you some insights, some some context. Joe got a little bit testy with me today via text message. I was giving him a hard time. Said I, the jumper looked a little broke at times. Yeah, he was getting a well, little that was testy, just a lie. You can come at testy. my appearance. You come at my appearance any day of the week, but the jumper was wet, and I was not expecting it to be wet, so I, I had to stand up for myself here. Joe was feeling himself pretty early on and decided he was going to let it fly. And I'm, I'm, well, I'm, I'm perfectly cool. You are one of the, I would imagine, one of the younger players playing, probably one of the more athletic players playing. I think you got at that point take over. We were sitting, we were sitting there before the game, and I was playing with um, four, no, excuse me, three of our five players were from Toronto media that I had never met, and our, one of our other guys was a print guy from the Bay Area who I know just in passing and having worked in some of the similar circles. And uh, we were just sitting there like trying to get to know each other for the 15 minutes before we got started. Like, what are you good at? What are you good at? And I, they asked me, I was like, literally, I said, you know, if the first one goes, I'm going to I'm going to keep letting it fly. The first one, went, and we just That's and we fair. just yeah. And if the first one doesn't go on the other side of that coin, you, you know, you holster the thing and you try and facilitate. But um, with the way that the roster panned out here. There wasn't much talent there, so uh, I, I had to I had to get my shots. I had to get my shots, no doubt. Well, I'm glad you were able to get some up and up and in for you, Joe. Re- relive the um, glory days of the uh, the Illinois Wesleyan intramural basketball scene. That's right, and actually, uh, some of that carried over to yesterday. I was at Game Three and uh, moving and shaking, seeing all seeing all the faces there. Actually, uh, oddly enough, we will have a question regarding this in our mm. buy sell, but um, we're getting the I segments was, here, folks. But we're talking. I about was more standing first. just. I was standing just out of frame on the uh, on the push, the the part, the partial owner of the Warriors when he yeah. pushed Kyle Lowry. I was about ten feet from that, uh, standing behind. Here comes big name drop, standing behind Jay Z and Beyonce. So uh, Did you get him on we, podcast. We, we saw everybody. I asked. Beyonce was was kind enough to respectfully decline. Hove wouldn't give me the time of day. So, that's not very um, kind. Versus, should have respectfully, yeah. respectfully still, accepted. Still super disappointed. Um, you know, saw E forty. Saw stood next to G Easy for a second. You know, a lot of big I've names at these NBA these final games before. I, I don't have know all. Not, I have yet to see Guy Fieri or Fieri. However, oh, he's that's I don't, personal. That's personally for me. That's, that's the pinnacle of, for me. I don't give you a lot of ultimatums on this podcast. Uh-huh. But if yeah. you see and or shake the hand of Guy Fieri and Fieri, Fieri whatever yeah and don't at least ask him to be on this podcast i might have to end it like that's, i just hope that's that a it, deal breaker for me i just hope that if i sit like you know i'm not 
I don't get starstruck. We got to be professional around these players. And Except stuff. for guy, guy. If I, I saw like a that's guy, a, that's, that's I don't even know if I'd even. Media. I don't even know if I'd be able to get like a Flavor Town line out for him. So, Did, um, f- f- uh, Flavor. Triple, triple G, triple D. Out of bounds. It's out of bounds. Let's go, bounds. guy. The, fu- the food's out of bounds. Nailed it. <laughs> but uh, no, it was uh, it was a, a solid game last night, but uh, not the outcome that the Warriors fans would have hoped for now in a circle. But that leads us to our say, first, your first question. question let's, let's hit me with it, Joe. Um, Matt, we're going to go super mainstream with this first question, but it needs to be asked. Buy or sell, the Warriors can win a championship without Kevin Durant. You know, it's it's a it's a repeat of the same question I think that we had last week, but at the same time I think there's new answers, new context to go about it. New situation. Um, yeah. Man, I, I I I still think so because now that they're expecting, obviously Clay didn't play Game Three, but now that Clay's expected for Game Four, I think so. But now I think the question is more for me is I mean I buy they can win it, but it, Clay has to be completely healthy because if Clay's not completely healthy, we saw last night how easy not easy it was but the the Raptors pretty much just let Steph do exactly what he wanted and said you're going to get yours and nobody else is going to get anything and that's what happened and if Clay isn't capable of taking over a game if he's hurt and banged up and kind of hobbled I'm not sure Steph can win this on his own right you, you well I agree with parts of that you don't I don't think you need Kevin Durant to win a championship. You don't if Clay's I, healthy, but if Clay's not healthy, I think I mean Clay's can. not gonna be healthy. He pulled his hamstring, I don't know to what degree, but four days ago. It'll be yeah. five days ago when the game is played. He'll probably be at seventy percent, seventy five percent. But what they missed in Clay Thompson yesterday wasn't scoring. Steph Curry scored forty seven points yesterday. Clay Thompson and Steph Curry together in the game two that they won scored forty eight combined. So Steph made up for the scoring, mm-hmm. it was defensively where they missed Clay Thompson yesterday. I think with with Clay being back in the fold, even at seventy five percent tomorrow, uh, Friday for Game Four, they're going to be a lot better because he takes away a second option. All it took last night was one pass and a drive to the basket yeah. because the Warriors were so defensively deficient. Now, a name that we don't talk about and a guy who's out going to be out. Po- probably for the rest of the series is getting a second opinion today is Kevon Looney. Kevon Looney, another guy who takes up space in the paint, who can switch off of big men to guards and still guard guards. Defensively, the Warriors are going to need to ramp it up, whether that's with or without Klay Thompson, with or without Kevin Durant. 108 points, 109 points like they scored, they can win a ball game with that type of scoring. They did. They scored the exact same point total in game two and were able to win that game. It comes down to their defensive ability. Last night, it just wasn't there. So I guess guess bonus buy or sell then to build off this, Looney, like you said, is expected to miss him even more time if he's even going to come back this series. Is what you saw from Boogie Cousins on both sides of the floor last night enough? I think he would only have four points last night. Last night, no. He looks like a shell of himself. He looks like he's you know, suffering a t- from a torn quad. He doesn't yeah, look not. like he's healthy, which he's well, not. When he's talking about it, he's saying things like, the doctors told me there'd be a window where he's good enough to go, mm-hmm. but he's not going to be 100%. Now, when you're playing in that window and exerting yourself, whether what percentage of health he's at, like we like to assign them, your recovery time is going to be increased. He probably wasn't recovered from game two with having to travel from Toronto, get whatever treatment he's gotten, yeah. probably a tight quad all day yesterday. You know, he's and, and now it's the quickest turnaround in the series. You have a one-day break, and it's the quickest. It's the only one-day break during this series where he's going to, again, have to get himself healthy to be able to show up on the defensive end at least. Yeah, that's a that's a fair point. So wait, we so. 
have you heard, I guess, more? I don't know if they talked to the media today at all, if anybody spoke or anything. They did. Did, did they say Clay is expected? We're expected to see him in game four? Clay will play in game okay, four. Okay, Clay will they play in game four, and KD is officially, I think, did I, did out, I see out? Out for game four. I think that KD is being held as a we're facing elimination piece. Uh, even I, if to even if to run off screens and, you know, just garner a little bit of attention and open up the spacing on the floor a little bit. Even if he's not fully go, I think that they're holding him until it's critical mass, which could come as soon as tomorrow night. So yeah, I get not that. but after tomorrow night is what I'm saying. It could yeah. come as soon as game six. That's kind of what we both speculated. Now one thing we also both speculated, I think it was last week on the pod and before as well, there was a picture, I think it was of, I saw on Twitter, it was KD in the tunnel, I think it was before or after Steph took the floor, but you actually saw the ice pack on his leg, and yeah. that ice pack was definitely hovering more around the lower calf and the Achilles, not necessarily 100%. The I had the same is that, thought. Is that, is that where we're still at here? Do we still think this is more of a Achilles thing and not necessarily a calf thing? Now, he is very slender, and he is very long, and his muscles are probably, uh, you know, not in different places, but they're proportioned differently. That could be a low calf injury. I'm not a physio, but I wish the you ice was. You should get your degree. Was, I know, right? Uh, the oh, no, you got down. the broadcasting degree. I'll get the the physio degree. Perfect, cool. perfect. I'll we'll call be, Doc. We'll be unstoppable. We'll get we'll Doc Kauf on the podcast. Moose News podcast brought to you by uh, was it Avacare, um, Rush Medical Center. Sure. Um, but yeah, that that ice was down on what looked like an ankle Achilles area. So, I, but this begs the question: Have you ever heard of a strained Achilles? Usually, it's a tear or not an injury. Yeah, there's, I mean, you can you can. I don't know strain what you can or can't tearing. do. I believe I, yeah, you I can know. strain that because I mean, you can strain a tendon, right? I mean, it, you don't have to tear a tendon to hurt it. And that's all the Achilles is. Yeah. It's a tendon. You can strain your shoulder. I mean, that, I think that's the, what that is. The way that this is being handled and all of the information that we have or that's being kept from us leads me to believe that the injury is worse and it could possibly be an Achilles injury. The fact that they were calling it a calf injury was to hold out hope. And I think that that hope is getting thinner and thinner with each passing day. But, um, you know, they they lost last night. There were moments where they could have turned the game. And I think uh, late third quarter, early fourth, the lead got to as few as I believe four, six, somewhere in there. Yeah. And that's completely depleted. And that's Toronto shooting lights out, making 17 three pointers. Like, that's how repeatable is that? Um, and I know we asked that it was question. It's a similar last question week, to get for game one. We, I, I'm not sure yeah. how repeatable it is, but you so, got to tip your hat to them. If they play that well, there's a very good chance they're going to win the NBA Finals. And I think this is a better showing than I. Even I'm not sure about you, but then I expected to see from Toronto. I think in this series, granted injuries of injuries on Golden State. Yeah, side it's opened up out, the door, but they played much fantastic. better basketball team than I thought they were. What's so interesting to think about is the fact that the two star players on each team probably won't be on the team that they're on right now next season. Um, yeah. Now but there Kawhi, are talks Kawhi about, bought property in Toronto. Well, there are talks about Kawhi having even had conversations with management about a short term signing, like a three-year, two-year contract with a player option after each season or something like that. But then you're essentially holding a franchise hostage each year. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, I really just think that at this point, um, the Warriors are – they're not yet hitting the panic button, but they're starting to entertain all options when it comes to every single injured player. Even the fact that they're getting second opinions on Kavon Looney tells me that. Yeah, I, I think that's right, and I think they should be because this 
might be their last chance with this entire group. And in, in all likelihood, it probably is this their last chance with this entire group. So I, I think they kind of have to do that. So Matt, we got to yeah. keep this thing moving. Let's do it. With one. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to go towards boxing, Joe. This is a, a non sequitur. Love it. It's a fight that you've brought. It's a fight that you've brought up a couple times or a potential fight that you brought up a couple times. You might've hit a snag. Um, mm-hmm. Andrew Ruiz shockingly knocked out. It was a TKO, Anthony Joshua. Over the weekend, taking uh, taking his titles, the the whole big super fight we seem to be waiting to set up for was uh, Joshua versus Wilder. I'm not mm-hmm. sure we're going to get that anymore. If we do, Joshua will have that loss on his resume. So buy or sell that potential super fight. I mean, I don't want to call it dead because it's not dead, but buy or sell. You know, the fight will ever have the same buzz or allure again. Uh, well, those are two different questions, and I buy uh, that's one. Why I, I said it was. I, I buy one, dead. I sell the other. Um, it's not dead. I sell it being dead. They're still going to make it happen, and maybe not to the dead point of Pacquiao Mayweather, but um, it's dead in the sense that we're not getting it when we should get it. We mm-hmm. now have uh, have you a former heavyweight champion that was knocked off. He's going to have to fight Andrew yes, Ruiz, again. Ruiz again. If he loses to Ruiz again, if he if he loses to Ruiz again, good night, Anthony Joshua. If he beats him, good for you. Now, do we need a trilogy? Are we waiting for a trilogy? Wilder will have already fought against someone else. Um, Ruiz says he wants Wilder after oh. the Joshua rematch already. Oh, so there's so much posturing and there's so much money involved, and these promoters are more concerned about the money than the product. That you know, we're never really going to get the fights that we need. And a lot of great fighters in the past have suffered losses and come back and had great careers after that. It's not to say that Anthony Anthony Joshua can't do that. I think the Floyd Mayweather mold of being 50-0 and has kind of tarnished the casual boxing fan's mind that you yeah, have to be undefeated. Yeah, it's not one time you lose, a, you're what yeah, cares about like watching that's, anymore. That's not the fight game, but um, I, I really hope times and he had he great did. fights. He did, and he got a statue. I, he did. He got a statue. He lost like three times. Billy scum. Um, <laughs> no, Jesus. I uh, I just wanted. Uh, I I really want to see this fight sooner rather than later because that's the one that we want to see. I, like I'm not even interested in a Tyson Fury fight against anyone. Like he might be the toughest matchup for anyone, and not, I'm not acting like I know everything about boxing, but everything that you hear is that. Tyson Fury is the mixture of power, speed, and like footwork, whereas Ruiz is the hand speed um, and, and a little bit of power. Uh, Deontay Wilder's got knockout ability that we haven't seen since Mike Tyson. Anthony Joshua, he looks like the most beatable of all of them, and that's not just because he just got beat. He's six foot six, and the other night was fighting like he looked like he was five foot ten, like. Andrew, he, he cast a shadow over Andy Ruiz and mm-hmm. didn't, didn't use that distance to his advantage once. And um, I think that any matchup amongst those guys is interesting. And it's just great that right now that the heavyweight division has some recognizable names. And, you know, Andy Ruiz until last week was not one of those names. Now everybody who's fight adjacent knows who this guy is. It's another name. It's another fight that you can pair. And I hope that they keep these things rolling because – it feels, and I know we've had these conversations in the last probably, I don't know, 12 to 14 months, but mm-hmm. it feels like fight sports, again, have a little bit of traction. Yeah, and I'm glad you just wh- made whether it. Go good, whether, whether good or bad, like, I think it's, it's entertaining, and um, I think there's a place for it still. Yeah, I, I'm glad you brought up that last point about, you know, now people know who Ruiz is and all that, because 
had Joshua went in there and kind of won that fight easily or won it at, at all in, in the way people expected to, yeah, we would have probably got that one-off super fight and maybe another rematch. But now we pretty much even brought in theory there too that there's kind of four names you can mix and match together in any one any order that you know people can sell fights that way instead of just yeah. kind of having those two big names that you had you know two one maybe two super fights and then you're kind of back to the drawing board now you have it feels like some traction that these four can somehow fight each other in certain way you know different combinations these guys fighting somebody else in some other way that is at least another drawing because one of those names gives other people the chance so i think this was actually a better way for possibly boxing to grow in the heavyweight division even though it might deprive us of the one super fight we were all hoping for Absolutely. Uh, you know, we, we can make all the jokes that we want and people can make all the memes that they want. But I believe coming into the fight, Andrew Ruiz was 33 and one. Like you saw how he was putting punches together. You saw how when he, you know, smelled the blood in the water, he unloaded the clip like he, he's a fighter. He might not look like it, but to stand up for seven rounds of championship boxing and then knock out the world champion. You got to have a motor, too. Pretty all, yeah. I, I, I mean, he, he had yeah, to stay in there. He, he doesn't look like, like he's said, in the greatest shape, you but can, clearly he was in pretty good shape. You can build an interesting fight around Andrew, Andy Ruiz. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. All right, Matt. Well, uh, let's keep things moving here. We've got uh, a bunch of different topics to mm. get to, a bunch Which of different sports. But, Where are we going? Um, sh- Chicago-wise, there's nowhere else to go but uh, the Cubs bullpen. Um, a, a big Valid signing point. of uh, Craig Kimbrell. We're going to have to watch him stand like an idiot on the mound. and Like, um, a, like a bird or whatever it is. It'll, so it'll be fun to watch him wings. get out. I just like I, I don't know what that's all about. It's always bo- it's always bothered me. But not the question here. The question is buy or sell. Kimbrel makes the Cubs NL favorites. I can't buy that completely because it, I, I think as of right now the way baseball is going, I think there there's one team in each league that is running away not running away with it, but has separated themselves. The Dodgers in the NL and the Astros in the AL, I think, have separated themselves kind of from everybody else. I do think the Cubs now are much in a much better position to chase down um, the Dodgers because I've been saying the last couple of weeks the Cubs need to add to the bullpen or if, you know if they want to have a chance to come out of the NL and all that. They did that. They went out and probably got the best name. Didn't give up any prospects, whatever. They, they just spent some money. I think this gives them a chance, and I think if their bullpen gets gets healthy, I think if everybody – by get healthy, I mean Brandon Morrow, if we, we see him at some point, if he's able to come back and give you something, that kind of gives this entire bullpen a defined role. And while I think this bullpen has been like, – it, it has some decent names. It has some decent talent. I think one of the things they suffered from was not knowing their role every night. One night Steve Ciszek was closing. One night it was Pedro Strope. I think Kimbrell – Coming into the ninth inning will allow some, you know, probably C-Sheck to settle in the eighth, Strope into the seventh, and lets everybody get more comfortable with their role. And I think mm-hmm. that helps relievers, especially mentally. So, yeah, I, I think this now makes them the clear-cut favorites in the NL Central. I think this right now makes them the second-best team in the National League with a chance to jump, dump, jump the Dodgers. But just with the way the Dodgers are hitting the ball with Cody Bellinger's going and the way that pitching staff, that rotation is throwing, it's hard to go against them now. I think that starting rotation's still going a little bit better. But as yeah. of right, I mean, now I, I totally buy that the Cubs are right there within striking distance, nipping at the Dodgers' heels for sure. I, I'd agree with you. And from a managerial, or not a managerial, a management standpoint, um, it dispels the narrative of we don't have the money. Um, you have the money. We well, see the money. They, you can't they, hide money. A cap is. I, I'll give Cap a little bit of credit. 
he's been on Sports Talk Live on Cubs pregame, whatever. Every time we've been out at Gallagher Way, and they, they've they've talked about this before the Kimbrel signing. He's pretty much said, "Hey, you know, look behind us. Look at the people walking behind there, buying stuff, going in the games. Don't tell me you don't have the money because it's like this every night. They have the money now. Now, part of the reason they have." Or they, you know, say they now have the money. Is Ben Zobrist is on that restricted list, and I'm not sure he's coming back um, anytime soon. So that saves up that money, or at least takes off the luxury tax. But they still went out and spent some extra money, and and, and credit where it's due, they they did finally put their money where their mouth is and go spend it. And I think Craig Kimball yeah. is going to be a fantastic signing um, for him, and, and hopefully that, he wish uh, that he, both teams in town would take that. Uh, well, you know, we're we're still waiting on that. Maybe we'll I, I don't have a qu- I don't have a question for you, but give me a socks update here. What uh, what am I? What have I missed? Man, every time they get close to they get within a game of five hundred, they you know go ahead and lose a really tough one or lose a couple in a row. They um, so two nights ago, they were twenty nine and thirty. They're out to a five nothing lead, and they end up losing nine to five. Like they're they're doing what we hope they might do this year, and that's showing us some flashes. Obviously, uh-huh. you've probably heard about what Lucas Giolito is doing over here. He was AL Pitcher of the Month AL last Pitcher month. He month, is yeah. firmly established establishing himself as is a possible future ace of this rotation, even including Michael Kopech the way he's throwing the ball. Um, they're playing well, but again, it, this is a team that if you went out and spent a little bit of money in the offseason, I'm not even saying Manny Machado, but if you went out and got a Dallas Keuchel, if you went out and, and got, I don't even, Marwin Gonzalez, who Minnesota signed, who's playing pretty well, uh, you might be talking about a team who's six games out of first place instead of, you know, 11 games out of first and in third place instead of second. But with what we've said, yeah, I, I've still always said I'm excited about the young guys, even though they didn't spend money on, you know, pieces around them. I'm very happy with most of the young guys, with the exception of Reynaldo Lopez. I think you've seen a lot of growth from, you know, the Moncadas, the Andersons, the Giolitos especially, that there's some some signs of encouragement going forward. Uh, signs of encouragement. And That's Luis, Luis print, Robert. Print the is, shirts, man. Luis signs of encouragement. Luis Robert <laughs> is absolutely raking in double A. Uh-huh. Like he's, what, what he's doing... He's making what Eloy did in the minors look kind of yeah. just pedestrian. Yeah. So I, I think I see, there's a chance we actually see him later in the year. Just from a personal standpoint, like I, living thousands of miles away, I cannot be excited about prospects. Uh, I, I can't. I, I don't. There's not I, the time. Fair. I respect. There's not that. the time I, in the day for me to keep an eye on you know what's see, going on in double and triple a i, I cover a triple a team here in sacramento <laughs> it's a little bit easier for me to see that stuff honestly because yeah. i work you know for nbc sports chicago i'm on the white Sox content team so part of my job is to you know, pay attention to every day, I, yeah. i'm watching white Sox baseball probably yeah. 150 out of the 162 times a year so i get to see these guys update them i'm not telling you to get excited i'm just the, luis robert should have your, your ears perked dylan cease we're probably going to see i would say Sometime within the next month and a half, I think he'll be on the roster. Whether it's just just before or just after the All Star break, so there's there's some more pieces coming. Beautiful, hit me. That's my turn. You're right, isn't it? Um, I'm going to go to back back to the hardwood, Joe. Some college basketball talk here. It was, it was more of an earlier this week, uh, late last week story. R.J. Hampton was the number five overall recruit. He had Kansas, Duke, Kentucky, all the bigs. You know, you name schools after him. He chose to go play overseas, make some money. We've seen this kind of before, but not really with this high profile of a recruit who's just kind of willingly chosen to do this. Um, uh-huh. So I'm going to ask you, buy or sell R.J. Hampton? Is, we're, we're never going to see the majority of these guys go overseas, but buy or sell, we're going to see this become somewhat of a, a semi-regular type thing. Um, I think we see it more often, but I don't know. A, a regular semi-regular. I, I know regular is the wrong, but we're, we're, like, this is, we're, 
this is not going to become the norm, but we're going to see this more. Um, yes, we absolutely will. I'll buy that because uh, there's money to be made. And anytime there's money to be made, guys are going to go out there and exploit that option. But just like when anyone's pioneering anything, um, not to make this too grandiose or big picture, but anytime anyone's pioneering anything, those first people don't get the benefits of what the future people are going to get. So I think that there's going to be a lot of growing pains in this and he is going to go away for a while. The only time we're going to see him is, you know, a tweet here or there where yeah. he could be the headline come March if he was to go uh, to college, if he was to go play at Duke or UNC or wherever. He, what are, he, I think he said he would have gone to Kansas, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Um, he went on, uh, I believe it was part of my take, and said that he yeah. would have gone to Kansas. So um, I think that it's a cost-benefit. Um, there are benefits to each course of action there. He's going the money route, and I think he's still going to be in the NBA 12 months from now uh, when they're drafting next season. But I, I just don't, I, I just don't think it's the route for everybody until they find a way to market these kids who go overseas as regularly as you can a collegiate athlete. As mm-hmm. wrong and ironic as that sounds, yeah, um, I just don't think it, it is the tried and true way of doing things yeah it's it's an interesting decision on his part too because i'm with you i don't think this is going to become the the new norm but i do think we're going to see that i i think you brought up the marketing aspect of it and his decision to go international and where he chose to go the fact that he chose to go to a team that you know whether it's jokingly or not semi partially owned by people in barstool they have such a a whether you like them or not, viral impact on you know basically social media presence in America that you're uh-huh. they're going to do their best I think to promote this kid and I would have to imagine that's part of their contract deal that that was part of their pitch to the kid is we have while, while you're going to be in New Zealand and it'll be never be the you know presence he'd have if he was playing for a Duke or a Kansas obviously he'll probably have more of a a presence a chance to be exposed internationally than any other prospect we've seen go international before because of his relationship with such a, a large media brand over here in the states yeah so i think we're we're kind of on the same page here is that when those types of uh constructs when those types of uh, those types of um marketing plans are put in place and and the blueprint is laid out more kids will do this i I really do think so yeah but it'll be Um, fun to watch Oh, Matt, I just relocated rooms here and didn't bring yeah, my Yeah, I can hear some things here. moving around. Was there a cat meowing in the background? Do you have a cat? Um, yeah, I got a cat. I don't know. I, a cat. Cat. I thought you just had the dog. Uh, the, the dog cat and the just, cat at all. I thought we, thought we've been over this. We um, might have, but you gotta, you can't expect. Yeah, Shelby, 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 Shelby sprung a cat on me about a year into our uh, oh, relationship. So that's Nala, Nala is the cat, and, and uh, at least I'm she's a, got a great name. I'm not, a, I'm not a cat person, but uh, I've, I've grown to love this one. She got any cat? She hides. No. Uh, actually, like, Your little, nasty, little puffy eye, furry, little, like, big uh, cats. Yeah, still get me, but, like, Nala knows, like, not to, like, well, scratch me or yeah, touch okay, me. Let's be like, careful. Yeah, I get that. I've like never, that. She knows her the, place. That's the most meowing I'll hear, and usually the cat's under the bed about, like, 20 to 22 hours a day. So good, we're on, we're on, we stay on good terms. That's we a good, on good terms. Um, yeah, just would have rather not had people know I have a cat, but here we are. Well, now we, um, now we do. <laughs> I've exposed you for who you are. Thank you. I appreciate that. Matt, we are going to uh, move on to a little uh, Bulls topic here. Um, Only the Bulls. Only the Bulls. Uh, With the draft coming up, uh, as we were just talking about, um, you know, not much depth this year beyond that number four pick. And the Bulls sitting at seven could possibly make a move. There has been some murmurs about number seven to the Lakers to free up cap space to try and make a big push. 
um, and, and the Bulls would end up with Lonzo Ball. So Lonzo mm-hmm. for the seven, buy or sell. Uh, do I buy or sell it happens or buy or sell? I would do it. Do you buy or sell it as an executive? As the, uh, as I the, would, I would buy it. I know he comes with a lot of baggage and he hasn't been, he wasn't healthy you know, at the end of last year, but mm-hmm. I think he has just as big of a chance at success as anybody as you, that you would get at seven. And I think he's kind of the type of point guard that the Bulls need. The Bulls don't need some guy who's going to come in and, and you know, be a score, for, a score first point guard, a, a big shot creator who's going to dominate the ball. They need a guy who can bring the ball up the court and be a distributor. They have scores. They have Zach Levine who can score, who can create a shown shot from the wing. They have a shooter now to spot up in the corner, Otto Porter. They have a guy you can get the ball to down low in, in Laurie Markkinen who can do work and even you know step out and hit the three. Hell, they have Wendell Carter Jr. who showed at times last year he can be a little bit of a stretch five. They need a distributor, and that's what yeah. Lonzo Ball does best. He's never going to be a great shooter. He can improve on that, but they need a guy who can distribute the ball, and they need a point guard who can you know, play some defense and grab rebounds, and that's what he does as a bigger guard. Again, I know he comes with a lot of baggage. I'm not going to say anything that will make me put a coin into the jar, Joe, but <laughs> he comes with that baggage. I'm okay with doing that because at the same time, even though that's baggage, there's an old saying that no publicity is good publicity. The Bulls are never in talks for big-time free agents. I'm not saying you know that baggage would help or hurt it, but that, that baggage would at least put them on the map, get them talked about, make them at least relevant again in the national scene, and at least get people on, get on people's radars because of what's going on. And even if they're getting on the radar because of a bad reason, it still gets guys to see, oh, wait, you know, Zach Levine actually is pretty good. Oh, wait, Laurie Markkinen is actually pretty good. So I think it I think it's a good thing for this franchise, and I would be all for it. I believe the saying is no publicity is bad publicity. Is that what no, I said? No, you said no publicity is good publicity. Oh, I'm sorry. I meant to say um, no publicity is bad publicity. That's my bad. We, I, I, know, I know what you were going at. Or there. any publicity, and, um, whatever. All publicity yeah, is good. Well, it's no, uh, no press is bad press is That's essentially it. the thing. But, um, no, I agree with you there. The only thing that worries me is that baggage – uh, was put into check by the powers that be in Los Angeles. It really was. I, I do not trust the powers that be in Chicago. Um, I think it might be a wild, wild west situation here uh, if that baggage was to uh, uh, get free of his uh, proverbial Mount, handcuffs uh, uh, that that he's yeah that he's currently dealing with. So well, you know, I, here's my scenario. I'm worried in that fact, but. That worry does not trump the fact that I 100% would make that trade seven for Lonzo Ball. We talk about it in other sports, proven commodities over picks, especially when the picks are, you know, it, it are non-existent. Um, it, this is this is an even bigger no-brainer than, and it's a stretch here, the Khalil Mack trade. But yeah. you were actually trading away positions which and we drafts called by the way could have landed you this podcast. that could have. That's right. That could have landed you. Um, big time players. This is this is a situation where this seventh pick likely isn't going to land you a big time player, whereas no. Lonzo Ball could be your franchise point guard for the next decade. And you know, I, I guess the scenario I'd paint for is I, I agree with you. I don't trust the powers that be in Chicago to handle that baggage that might come along with Lonzo. But at the same time, I, I, I don't think Jerry Reinsdorf likes to fire people. But if he were yeah. to make that move and have that you know, circus come to town and, and see how poorly his leadership in place was able to handle that, that might be yeah. the one thing, the one way that might possibly get him to consider a change. Probably not, but it couldn't hurt for those guys to be exposed at how poor they handle things like that, right? 
So, so, I, so what you're saying essentially is that those guys would be self-sabotaging themselves. Yeah, guard yeah. and packs might be self-sabotaging themselves by making the right basketball trade for the team, but at the same time, it might sabotage them a little bit and expose them to their owner. I don't know. Bonus, bonus by yourself. Sure. I got, got my hands on some uh, love it. Some some uh, now defunct big baller brand T-shirts. Oh yeah. Would you wear them to a hundred percent? Hundred percent. What you're about the shoes? It. The shoes still up? Those still like five hundred dollars. Those are those Z- Z- collectors items now. That Lonzo does not wear anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, All right, good. my turn. I got. I got yes, one for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joe, we're gonna we're gonna give the women a little bit of love here on this podcast. All right, we got the women's World Cup coming. I'm gonna leave up that in, alone, in but Paris. go ahead, Joe. C- get your head out of the gutter. <laughs> um, we got we got the women's World Cup coming up here. Uh, I believe the U.S. kicks off on June 11th. I believe the first game is actually the eighth coming up this weekend out in in France. So buy or sell. I'm not gonna say the whole World Cup because it's gonna be possible for you to watch that whole thing. Buy or sell the uh, the U.S. women's national team is gonna be appointment television in the uh the muso household completely buy it and i've been buying it since uh you know the mia ham brandy chastain teams this is always so much fun to watch and you know there's there's great moments of triumph there's great disappointment some seasons but more than anything the women's team is always competitive they're always good the the men's team I, i buy the world cup from a men's angle as an event not mm-hmm. to say that I don't from from the women's angle, but I buy the women's U.S. team because they're contenders, and, and I will every four years. That's right, right? Every four, four. years, every four, every every four years, <laughs> I will go. tune in Big and watch guy. these games. And uh, you know, when they gain the traction that they do some seasons, it becomes the thing. And I, I I'm not going to be late on the thing ever. You know? No, of course not. You always have to, you know, be just in time for that thing, Joe. Got to be early I, on the thing. I'm with you. We, you asked, we had a similar question soccer-wise last week. You asked me about the mm-hmm. Champions League final. This, to me, I think will be more of appointment television than the Champions League final was. I, I think I have a reason to get a little bit more invested into this one. I'm not saying it's going to take TV one preference over White Sox baseball if there's conflict. Um, but, you know, or, okay, a Lucas Giolito start. I will safely Lucas say G- that. I a Lucas Giolito start, it's not going to take preference over. Maybe maybe a Manny Benuelos start, yes. Um, but it, <laughs> that said, yeah, I, I will absolutely watch it. I, I got the two TVs set up at home, and it will absolutely be on, on one of the two. Uh, I, I can't envision a scenario in which it wouldn't be. I, I get excited to watch Team USA compete, and um, – Let's let's go out and try and win ourselves another cup, Joe. We're, we're repeating, right? Didn't we win last a, time? Going a, for the repeat. It's a subtle, it's a three subtle feet? flex right there, Mister uh, Mister Two TVs. Yeah, I got two TVs. Well, you know, I moved in with Mike, and Mike already had yeah, a okay. TV, and mm-hmm. I had a nice TV. Mm-hmm. We're gonna we're gonna put it yeah. away. You're not gonna you're not gonna not have two TVs. Uh, it's yeah. it's a you know it's a common you know bachelor pad setup, Joe. You get two TVs. <laughs> Very nice, um, Matt. I got one more for you here. Okay, because uh, I also have one more for you. It's no, and, I have two more. If you give me two seconds here, you know I'll. Um, I want you. I, why don't I ask you my other one? Because I yeah, have two more. You have one more. Okay. Um, I'm gonna go with a little bit of more of a fun one before I finish off on a Bears-related question because we got to wrap mm-hmm. up with football. Um, so this is my way of getting a little bit of hockey talking to the podcast. By the way, game one of the Stanley Cup Finals is zero zero. Five minutes left in the first period because I know you guys live are all, updates here. Live on updates podcast. on a delayed podcast. <laughs> That's how we do it. Um, the ECHL. Uh, the defending ECHL, the, the, the ECHL, it's the, it's the minor league below the AHL. I'm not going to talk hockey strategy in the ECHL, but it's a fun story here. Um, I forget the name off the top of my head, but it was a team from Colorado, won the championship last year called the Kelly Cup. And after the season, they were, I don't know how it's 
if they were promoted to the AHL, if they signed a deal with a franchise to be, you know, they, they left the ECHL to get promoted to the AHL. And they said when it was when it's time to give back the Kelly Cup, you know what they said, Joe? They said no. They said we're just going to keep it. That's fine. Buyers yep. sell the decision. You leave the league. You leave the league after you win the cup. You win, you keep the cup. Buy or sell. That's keeping James forever. I James agree. Forever, I buy ours. it. Completely buy it. it. That's ours. I think you my response would come, come get it. You come break into the trophy case. You take that trophy yourself. Because I love it. I, last I, I, time I, I, I checked, it was so our last awesome. our last appearance in the ECHL, we were champs. And until we play another game, you can't have this trophy. Yeah. There you go. I, yeah. I just I or, thought that was an awesome story. I thought you of all people would love that decision too. Or harebrained scheme. This is just they're buying time in order to get a replica uh, forged or, or whatever the trophy is. Well, maybe that is. And they give and back then the, the replica back in a very like Ocean's Eleven manner. Mm, you know, I like that. What was Someone your favorite Ocean on the phone? Uh, I mean, eleven's the best. Eleven's definitely the best one. I thought I thought it was I, eleven. I thought thirteen was probably the second. Eleven, thirteen, twelve. Yeah, but people hate twelve. I still really like twelve with the uh, the night fox. Yeah, um, I didn't mind when, 12. when they're I in just, France and they have to lift the house up and down. Thir- I'm definitely eleven, thirteen, twelve. Thirteen, I, I believe, is the one I've probably seen the most because I feel like over the last few years, it's the one that's on TV the most. I think mm-hmm. that's a really enjoyable movie too. The great job. So where on the do you Ocean's stand series. on Ocean's Eight? Have you watched Ocean's Eight? I have 8 not yet? watched Ocean's Eight yet. I'm not see, a big that's, that's you know, one see movie on time guy. Like that was just in theaters recently, right? No, 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 no. That's been out. That's now on HBO every okay. twelve minutes. Well, um, maybe, so maybe catch now Ocean's getting, Eight. Now that it's making there's, its transition to TV, no free ads. Check it out on HBO. HBO, if you want to advertise with us. There's um, some uh, there's some I'll fun scenes out. in there. There's some fun scenes in there, but if I had to include it in the power rankings, we'd definitely go 11, 13, 12, 8. You know, why don't you yeah. guys all do us a favor, yeah. at Moose and Runes, tweet us <laughs> the order in which you would rank the Oceans franchise, please. We yeah, would love, love to that. hear it. Love rank that. us Engagement. your Oceans movie, debate with us, send us a mailbag about Oceans movies, hit us up. Best response gets a free prize, judged by it. me. Matt, I got one more for you here. Love uh, buy or sell. Uh, I know yesterday you saw NBA Finals. Kyle Lowry dove into the first row. A fan who didn't even get hit by Kyle Lowry ends up pushing Kyle Lowry. Said fan is a minority owner of the Warriors. His name is uh, Mark Stevens. He was just fined $500,000 and banned from all NBA games for a year. Fire cell that was a harsh enough punishment for his shove to Kyle Lowry. Yeah, I thought that I would have been okay with they went if they went even further uh i still think I'll, I'll buy the punishment i think it is it's a fair punishment i wouldn't have been shocked if they went further but anything less than that i probably would have said you know that's that's not enough i mean it, it's i don't know if it's because you saw what drake was doing but it, what he did was nowhere near what drake's involvement was drake was not really getting in. No, drake, drake wasn't was involving with players exactly we also he wasn't getting in the way of players the most thing he did was you know give a little shoulder rub to the coach of the team that he is, you know, part of whatever he has he's not a part of anymore, he has a relationship with. with. Yeah. And it was a coach, not an opposing player on the road trying to get back into the play. So I, yeah. I, I could have gone even more for it, but I will I'll buy it because five hundred thousand dollars is is a lot of money and a year of basketball is a lot to eh. miss. But see that's where I depart from you. I like the year ban. I think you've got more money. Cut him at the knees for a few mil. Is he, um, is he like yeah. a tech guy? I'm guessing uh, he works in San Francisco. He's a, he's a venture capitalist guy. I don't know what he invests what? in. Probably okay. a lot yeah. of tech out there. 
Were you about to ask what a venture capitalist is? No, I thought I knew, but you, you, you. <laughs> um, but uh, no, he he owns a minority stake uh, in the team, and usually these minority stake guys are all positioning themselves to become team owners. That's yeah. like when when there's a team that's coming up for auction or coming up for sale, they're usually selling to a minority minority owner who then divests that minority ownership and then buys the team. So, yeah. if nothing else. I think a ban on ownership would have been a ban on majority ownership would have been a nice clause to this punishment as well. It might have been nice to add, but I don't think they're going to need to add it because after this stunt, whatever you want to call it, no one's going to prove this guy being the majority owner of the team. You can't do something like this. But again, I had to look up his name again today. No one's going to remember who this fool is. Um, It was was stupid on his part. It was stupid on his part. And I was no more than 15 feet away from it happening. And he just looked like a fool. Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, um, tisk, that's all tisk. I have for you, man. I got one more. We're gonna we got we can't go off this podcast without bringing in football. Bears. Um, we're talking a little bit of Bears. I'm gonna be honest with you, Joe. I I trust in the beloved. I trust who's running the beloved. I trust everything about the beloved. But I'm getting a little bit concerned about the. I don't want to know if cute is the right way, but the how how much this kicking situation is being played out in the media. I'm all for being friendly with the media. I'm all for mm-hmm. you know Matt Nagy's fun BU way of, of coaching because that is him, and maybe this is partially being him. But I don't I don't love the way everything's getting leaked out today. We saw the whole uh, even you said you caught wind of it the Augusta silence being used on on the the, the kicking competition. So I'm going to ask you buy or sell the way Matt Nagy Ryan Pace and company are handling the uh, the kicking competition and OTAs at Hallis Hall. I'm selling it. This is a ongoing issue that should have been resolved week six last season. And now I know that's not the same problem, but it is still a problem. And they're continuing to defer and they're continuing to prolong this. Pick a kicker. Obviously, it's OTAs. Now's the time to test guys out. Mm-hmm. But make sure everyone knows who your front runner is and who's going to be your kicker. Now, if he goes slumping and another guy comes up, perfect. But you cannot have question marks surrounding the kicking game again going into week one. Mm-hmm. We need to know who the kicker is, and he needs to be proficient at kicking the football through the uprights. It's the only way to move forward and possibly position yourself to be a championship football team. Again, and I won't, won't get into this big picture, windows are small in the NFL. The Bears' window just opened. It's not going to stay open forever. We're going to be bad again in the next 20 years at some point. Mm-hmm. Get a kicker that can make you even better. I I'm with you, and I, I'm also at the point. I mean, you've we got on the asking, cu- we got on. And the I know I went saying, a little off there. No, if you're ahead, if you're asking, I'm sorry. If you're asking about you know the the way that they're managing the situation, I don't like that either. Keep it internal. Have your competitions. Make the decision as a coaching staff, and be done with it. You're you're opening yourself up to um, public fodder, and you're opening yourself up to social media conversations, and you're opening yourself up to criticism, and you're opening yourself up to even more questions post uh, or post practice. It's not good for anyone involved. Now, I, I I brought this up off the record with a with a coworker of mine, Paul Aspen, who is the the Bears content team head and he went ahead and tweeted it so now it's it's out there that i believe this way but i did want to bring it up and I, i'm of the belief that we just saw we saw last year the bears needed an ed- edge rusher you know what they did they didn't throw well, a band aid over it they didn't draft the they, they didn't you know they, they they went out and got the edge rusher the cubs needed a closer they granted they got a little bit of help with the money that they needed to find but the cubs needed a closer they needed somebody on the back of that end of that bullpen you know what they did they went out and signed Craig Kimbrell, the best name on the best name on the market available, trade or free agency. 
I know it's going to cost you some money. I know it's going to cost you a conditional draft pick. I know you need the 49ers to comply with you. But you should be on the phone. You should be doing whatever the hell it takes to get Robbie Gold in this building because like you said, and the way Ryan Pace has handled his drafts in the past, his use of draft picks in the past, is I need to get the best team on the field I can now. I'll worry about those draft picks later. I'll cross that bridge when we come to it. And that's how you handle, like you said, this tight window that NFL teams face. I don't... If we if, if three years from now the Bears have a Super Bowl and they only are going into a draft with three picks or you know it's all picks in the first two rounds, I don't care. Go yeah. get me the best possible team you can to put on the field this year. And if you do that and you fall short somehow, if they go get Robbie Gold and they play great and they fall short in the NFC Championship in a tight game, at least you can say I went out and did everything I possibly could. We can look back and say they went out and did everything they possibly could. I think fans, that's what you have to fans, do. Fans, fans, fans old enough, fans old enough to remember it and be a part of it are still suckling from the teat of 1985. Just give me one. Just give me one, and I'll be happy. Then so, you can be bad. I know they're up against the cap, but they're not that up against the cap that they can't fit five or was it 4.8 million underneath the caps, underneath the salary cap, and that's what Robbie Gold's going to be. I know the I 49ers have to comply. I, I know apologize they don't for suckling from the teat of that's 1985. Okay. That's okay. We're, we all we all do it. We all do it from time to time. It's, Suckling I, from the teat? I, I hit no. I, I of 1985, maybe. If I could, I'd hit the Super Bowl shuffle. But I think they have a very heavy, heavy copyright that might even. I'm sick of pretending like that team means something to me. I wasn't alive. I was seven years from being alive. Yeah. So, uh, shout out us for not being. We alive. always we always go out on a high note with our Bears talk. Yeah. We do, and that's why you know, I, I talked about at the beginning of the podcast. I like doing these segmented, you know, these segment oriented episodes during the the downtime of sports because it gives us a little bit of a chance to get out of our shell. But we we both know where our bread is buttered here, Joe, and that that <laughs> that bread starts to get buttered around all you know late August and, and goes till about February second or third, and that's well, what we'll until see. then and we are very excited uh, for that. Until then, we'll try and uh, we'll try and keep it entertaining, as we always. I thought do. you were going to get a Matt, food pun uh, there before we go. Anything for, for the people? I thought, I thought you were going to come up with like a clever food pun to top my. You know, we know where our bread is buttered. Like some button appetizer. Nope. Something. Nope. Okay, that's nope. fair. Hey. <laughs> so you're kind of mailing it in here on this Thursday night. Yeah, I got you know sun. We only got so much sunlight here. I'm gonna try and take a dip. You know, it's like yeah. 90 and sunny out here. So get oh, in the huh. pool. It was, it was 62 uh, and a, sunny here. Got a life to live over here, Matt. What do you want from me? cool guy has things to do well you got the old town art fair this weekend so if you're not there like i'm that, that this is one of my fomo weekends that's how like, do you know that's this week i didn't even know that it, was this week it's not my super bowl but it's like my march madness like it's it's up there for me art fair huh um so so you enjoy that it's not about the art matt what's go it about? experience it you'll know what's it about you'll know what's it about <laughs> you'll know that sounds like a good way to wrap this thing up <laughs> That's going to do it for episode 107 of the podcast. For Matt Rooney, I'm Joe Musso. Oh, and as Matt said, hit us up at Moose and Runes on Twitter. Rank uh, those us, Oceans movies. Give man. us the Oceans power ranking. Throw in a mailbag we'll while you're at it. We'll talk to you next week. May God give you for every storm a rainbow, for every tear a smile, for every care a promise and a blessing in each trial. I swear I've seen a lot of stuff in my life, but that was awesome. <laughs> Chicken on the steak was phenomenal. <laughs>